Hi there. This is Nathan Egan with The Working Actor's Journey, and we have a special episode today. It's a tribute to the actor Philip Bosco. Coming up. Phil was my role model for how to become the type of actor I wanted to become. But you've got to get to the essence of what the guys are talking about. And Phil did that better than anyone I'd ever seen at that time, and probably better than 99.9% of the people I've ever worked with since. And he was a master at it. He would go through the script, and your research process is not over when the show opens. You continue to look for any nuggets of gold that you can find. Phil was totally open to the moment. Phil was totally open to whatever other actors would be doing and how that would affect him. Always open to any new ideas to do something differently as that might work better. In my stars, I am above thee, but be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon us. So who did you just hear? Well, those were the voices of Armin Shimmerman, Peter Van Norden, and Phil Bosco himself. During my chats with Armin and Peter, they both spoke at length about working with Phil and the effect he had on them. There are often similar themes talked about in the interviews, but it was really cool to have two guests talking about the same person, and I thought it would be interesting to combine them at some point. Phil was quite a legend in the theater scene, and he recently passed away, so I decided to finally sit down and put this together. Yes, it is sad, and at first I thought this episode needed to be really somber, but it's also a celebration of Phil's life, what he did, and the many people he impacted. Now, as a child of the 1980s, I first knew of Phil Bosco through his roles in comedies like Quick Change, Trading Places, and The Money Pit. I would see him pop up in various things over the years, including many appearances in the Law & Order franchise. Of course, he had quite a career on both stage and screen. He was always memorable, and you could tell this was a very gifted actor. Philip Bosco would absolutely have been a dream guest for this podcast, and I actually reached out to Armin and Peter about making it happen for this season, but it just wasn't meant to be. There's definitely a generation of actors that won't be around much longer, and I am grateful to capture what I can. I also scoured the internet for anything I could find to include here of Phil on stage and spent way too much time looking, only to come up empty. Then, through the magic of the internet, I connected with Phil's granddaughter, who was also an actor, who pointed me to a recording of a Twelfth Night performance with Philip, along with Paul Rudd, Helen Hunt, and Kira Sedgwick. There's a link to the entire performance in the show notes. I don't think I would have ever found this without her, so thank you, Jenna. Now, in all my research of anything Phil Bosco-related, I came across something else that I think you'd all enjoy— It's a number of podcasts from the American Theater Wing. They're called Masters of the Stage, Downstage Center, Tony Award Winners, and This is Broadway. They talk with all different professions involved in theater, some really amazing interviews with names you'll recognize, and also lots of great working actors. 
With these shows, you have such a wonderful history of theater recorded, and there are also a number of video podcasts, too. You could easily keep yourself busy for quite a while with all that content. I've already downloaded a number of episodes, but don't forget to come on back to The Working Actor's Journey. We'll be here. Now, just to give you some context with the original conversations you'll hear, with Armin, we had been talking about the three-penny opera production he did with Raul Julia, and then later Phil Bosco took over Raul's role. And with Peter, we were talking about the Henry Five show he did with Sam Waterston and Meryl Streep. And after you hear from Armin and Peter, you'll hear the man himself, Philip Bosco, as Malvolio, in an extraordinary performance. For those following along, it's the speech in Act 2 when he finds the supposed letter from Olivia. So here we go. Please enjoy the Working Actor's Journey tribute to Philip Bosco. You've been talking about Raul Julia, and I said I didn't really learn much from Raul. However, his replacement was a man named Phil Bosco. Oh, sure. And I owe a great deal, not only from Three Penny, but from the next play we did together, St. Joan. I, I probably learned more about being an actor and acting from Phil Bosco, Raul's replacement, than from any other actor I've ever been with. How, how so? It's not that I learned so much during Three Penny, because again, it was a very stylistic thing. But when Phil and I went on to our next Broadway shows, which we were both in, in St. Joan with, uh, with Lynn Redgrave, I watched almost every night one particular long scene that Phil and, and two other wonderful actors were in. And it was a master's class in doing Shaw. And I sucked up everything I could from those three actors, primarily from Phil. And aside from that, um, Phil, who sort of took me under his wing in St. Joan, I learned more about what it means to be an ensemble actor and to be the lead, because he was the lead. Lynn was the lead. She was St. Joan. But the male lead was Bill Bosco. And to, to learn about community, about sharing, about supportiveness, about humility, Phil was my role model for how to become the type of actor I wanted to become. Mm. And he was, he had more humanity towards me, who was a total unknown and just a kid, you know, lurking about in his shadows. Um, and he was very, very, very kind and very supportive. And although he never said, okay, kid, you got to learn this, you got to learn it. He never said anything like that. Just simply by my watching him continually, practically for about a year, I, I learned a lot of how I approach other actors, how I approach the business, how I approach a lot of stuff because of those that early training from Phil Bosco. That yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it sounds like it it almost kind of uh, rivals the the summer you did at the Globe. And I mean, and it's amazing when you can come across these people who. And Armin, I don't want to make you you know too red in the face, but uh, you know, I would say you are someone like that for me. You know that. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, no. When when I've taken class with you or just observed you, it's just you've been so giving and so warm, and it, especially with the teaching too, which we we can talk about. It is really wonderful when there is kind of one person you can point to that has really had such a an impact on your career. 
And so when you when you're talking about Phil and and the work he did with Shaw, if you could distill it down, or or if there were a couple things that you sure re- I can, I can't easily do that because I because I watched it night after night. He had a way of technically speaking, he had an incredible mastery of parentheticalizing things, hmm. so that he would make you understand this is the thrust of the sentence, and then he would parentheticalize some of the Shavian adjuncts that are attached to the sentence. And he had this way of speaking Shaw that was both musical and informative. It, it always led you to the, to the core of what was being said. And in rehearsal, Phil asked these amazing questions about what the lines meant and, and always, always was totally open to getting whatever the other actors in the scene were bringing to him. He would go through the script and and reassure himself of the choices that he had made and, and continually searched for new choices, um, which is something that uh, he taught me and which I continue to do, which is that your your research process is not over when the show opens. You continue to look for any nuggets of gold that you can find uh, either in performance or in the script. But he also had this panache that was perfectly Shavian. And when I read plays that, uh, that are Shavian, uh, I often hear Phil's voice in my head when I'm reading the line. Hmm. All right. So I want to, I want to potentially make a little bit of a leap here. And, you know, I, I'm just curious, did Phil fulfill any kind of like fatherly role in your life? I mean, I know your parents got divorced. Did you have, a- I, I don't think fatherly, but more teacher like okay. he was a mentor. He was fatherly in the sense that he was kind to me and invited me to things that, uh, small things. There weren't a lot of them, but that, uh, uh, <laughs> that perhaps I wouldn't have been invited to. I remember uh, they used to play poker between shows on Saturday. And he would, I would say, you know, Phil, I'd like to play poker. And he'd go, no, Armin, you can't play. You need to save your money. <laughs> um, so I guess in that sense, he was fatherly. And he never called me Armin, by the way. Uh, it, it's one of the great pleasures of my life. Um, Phil, who I'd worked shoulder to shoulder, literally shoulder to shoulder for, for an entire year between two plays, Three Penny and St. John. Never, ever, ever called me Armin. Always, always called me Norman. <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm just gratified by that because it, it it was a mistake in the beginning, but it was a sign of affection that he he never changed over from Armin to Norman or Norman to Armin. Sure, sure. A lot of actors my age who lived in New York thought of Phil Bosco as a god, the, although he's not known to the general public. Um, whenever there was a Shavian play done on Broadway or off Broadway, Phil was invariably the lead because he was just so good at it. He was the actor's actor. He had, he had worked in regional theaters in the East coast primarily. And, uh, he didn't do much film or TV because I think it's because he had a fear of flying and he didn't want to get in a plane to come to Hollywood. Hmm. When films were shot in New York, half the time he would be in. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say, People even of my generation, I probably more know him from, you know, the, the film and TV work he did. And it, it is almost, well, I don't know if, I don't know if sad is the right word, but y- you wish there were a way to go back and watch these things. But because, you know, someone with that depth of talent, you know, his, his medium was clearly theater. 
It was. But that's... It was indeed. And, uh, and he worked constantly in it. And he gave some performances that were just brilliant. And the curse and, and blessing of the theater is that only the people in the room that night have the memories. And, and that's it. Nobody else does. And that's, as I said, both a curse and a blessing. Sure. At the same time, a man who became a, a, a serious mentor of mine was Phil Bosco. And Phil was playing Pistol. Uh, in that production. Uh, Phil later went on, and we did uh, St. Joan together at Circle and Square. Um, <laughs> Phil was a remarkable influence on me in terms of grace with language and clarity of language. Nobody spoke better than Phil Bosco, which is why he's, he's noted as the, one of the great Shavian actors of our, our times. Um, but also Shakespeare, too. His, his pistol was absolutely brilliant. It was funny. It was heartbreaking. It was sad. He was a joy to watch. When I spoke to uh, Armin Shimmerman, he specifically mentioned Phil Bosco. Of in, course he did. St. Joan. <laughs> and, and he was saying that, you know, he had a smaller part and he had the time to kind of watch the scenes every night. And he said it was like a master class. And he said specifically with, with Phil's use of parentheticals, mm-hmm. um, that was what he, he remembers taking away from it. He was the character actor's character actor, uh, without a doubt. He, uh, anything you saw him in, he was, he excelled that. He was, he was just, he, he commanded the stage. I mean, his work in Joan, in St. Joan was extraordinary. He was playing Warwick in Joan in his, uh, like I said, there was a fluidity, there was a musicality to his language that uh, very few actors had. But it, wa- it was more than that. It was a clarity. It was, it was knowing how to get to the essence of every single thought. And in Shaw, that is so important, you know, because you have extended sentences and uh, the, the man loves the use of language. But you've got to get to the essence of what the guys are talking about. And Phil did that better than anyone I'd ever seen at that time, and probably better than 99.9% of the people I've ever worked with since. And he was a master at it. I love him dearly. Um, he was a total mentor to me. I, I mean, I, I was enamored of him. And there were scenes in Joan where I was playing a guard and had to stand there and watch those scenes every single night. And um, it was a learning experience. He was astonishing. Uh, and, a, and a tremendous man to sort of take you under his wing. I loved young actors. Did you take away anything from watching Phil rehearse and his technique? Yeah, Phil, one of the many wonderful things about Phil is that he... he if you watched him, you would go, oh, I guess there's, there's something a little old-fashioned about the way he approaches classical theater. I mean, it wasn't Al Pacino, right? It wasn't that. It was something that sat on a higher level in terms of analysis of text and, and, and use of language. Um, so you would think to yourself, oh, I wonder if he's an actor who makes a decision about everything in advance and is... Uh, not open to anything else, you know, um, which is usually a, a, a sign of deadness in, in an actor. So you're not really open to what's going on in the moment. Phil was not that. Phil was totally open to the moment. Phil was totally open to whatever other actors would be doing and how that would affect him. Always open to any new ideas to do something differently as that might work better. Um, he was never rigid about anything. But the final result was... <laughs> was pretty impressive. I may command where I adore. Why should he command me? 
I serve her. She is my lady. Well, this is evident to any formal capacity. There is no obstruction in this. In the end, what should that, that alphabetical position portend? Oh, if I could make that resemble something in me. <laughs> M-O-A-I. Moy. No. <laughs> mm. <laughs> M. M. Why, that begins my name. simulation is not as the former in it to crush this a little it would bow to me for every one of these letters are in my name oh soft here follows prose if this fall into thy hand consider in my stars I am above thee but be not afraid of greatness some are born great some achieve greatness and some have greatness thrust upon them Thy fates open their hands, let thy blood and spirit embrace them. Be opposite of the kinsmen, surly with servants. Let thy tongue tang arguments of state. Put thyself into the trick of singularity. She thus advises thee that sighs for thee. Remember who commended thy yellow stockings and wished to see thee ever cross-garted? I say, remember. Go to, thou art made if thou desirest to be so. If not, let me see thee Still, the pellet of servants are not worthy to touch fortune's fingers. Farewell, she that would alter services with thee. The fortunate, unhappy daylight and champagne discovers not more. This is open. I will be proud. I will baffle to Toby. I will wash off gross acquaintance. I will be point device. The very man for every reason excites to this. That my lady loves me. I thank my stars. I am happy. <laughs> hey guys, Nathan here one more time. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe so you don't miss anything ahead. Be sure to visit WorkingActorsJourney.com for additional info and links for items mentioned in today's episode, as well as all the episodes. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All the links are on our site and in the episode notes. Become a premium member and enjoy additional benefits and perks of the show starting at just $2 per month. Head over to WorkingActorsJourney.com slash premium to join the Working Actors community. Thanks again to everyone that makes these episodes possible. And a special thanks to you for listening. I'm Nathan Agan, and enjoy the journey.